Hello and uh, welcome to this episode, uh, Suzy. Uh, it's such an honor to uh, to connect with you. Uh, almost uh, uh, a typical way of traveling this route of what I've been doing for the last two years. Uh, this initiative is called the Values Workshop, and uh, these podcasts are basically thinking aloud episodes for people who are hesitant to join in. I call them the coffee shop conversations uh, <laughs> where we go all out and uh, just reveal ourselves. The objective is to give a voice to those unsaid fears and doubts and uh, typical things that we go as human, go through as human beings. Uh, a lot of us uh, are quite shy and uh, may have these internal uh, conflicts, storms, uh, thoughts, mm. dreams, uh, which which trouble us. And this is a, a bit of a connection for them to know there are other people who go through the same things and have their own way of yeah. uh, figuring out life through values, through, through decisions that help them. So that's the basic mm-hmm. objective. Uh, it's been a... An, uh, an absolutely uh, blind alley that I go into most of the time because uh, I don't know many of the guests. Some of them are known to me, but when they come on the podcast, I find that I didn't know a lot about them either. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, just to set your mind at ease, even I do not know what I am doing with this. Uh, in every episode, it's a discovery <laughs> of sorts. So if okay. you are uh, concerned about that, you do not know what's going to happen. I have no clue either. Um, these days I have grown a little more braver Uh, I used to think of one question before I began so while I was setting up I would Mm -hmm. think of one question that I would ask the guest and then the conversation would roll from there Uh, Okay. these days I don't even think of that one question I put on the camera and then I start to think okay what comes out the idea is uh, that it makes it more authentic and uh, it's a level playing field Mm -hmm. I'm as introspective as uh, you are So welcome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we begin, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm happy to be here, obviously. I I, I think uh, my my initial response to to be a part of the podcast was, no, no way. (laughs) Because, you know, there was some resistance there because uh, a shyness or... I, I, I'm, a, I'm a deep feeler and, and, and exp, you know, the experiences, are, my experiences are so deep and often I get up to the throat and then I, I get blocked in the expression part, you know, in a verbal way. So, and so uh, for that very reason, I, I thought, well, just, you know, just throw yourself out there. Just that I could see the resistance and I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just say yes. And a good friend of mine in Argentina, one of my close friends, she, she always used to say, just show up. You don't have to do anything else. Just show up for the appointment. That's all you got to do in life. Just show up. The rest just happens. So I thought I'll just show up. And uh, so I'm, I was born in Australia. Um, I'm a twin. I have a twin brother, two minutes older, older sister. Uh, I, um, I'm currently in Tiruvannamalai in Tamil Nadu. I've been in India for the last 
four months, roughly, my first time, and oh. uh, definitely won't definitely won't be my last. <laughs> and uh, the the India door just opened, and it was time for that door to open and win all its glory. And and, and here I am. And uh, but getting here, I guess many events in my life. Um, uh, when you were now, when you were talking about, you know, explaining a bit about, you know, the, the doubts or, you know, what we face, it instantly all kinds of ideas came up for me. So, um, and I guess that's how I'm going to introduce myself, which is through uh, taking a road less traveled, I guess, and uh, and having the courage to to keep. Not even the courage, I guess, because life just pushes me forward anyway. I feel that that, that, that that's what's happening, and and uh, and sometimes I wonder if I'm, you know, am I how how much am I making the decisions, and how much is when I go around in a huge big circle and come back to the same point and think, well, if I didn't have the conditioning I had, and if I hadn't had the experiences that I had, then would I make any other decision? And uh, so I've. Uh, <laughs> And then I then I relax. So, um, how much am I driving, and how much am I letting go of the steering wheel, and how do I find that middle way all the time? It's a constant dance. And uh, so I've been. Um, uh, I was a dancer, uh, Argentine tango dancer for a few years, and I trained in Argentina, and I moved to London, and then I found a dance partner in Turkey, in Istanbul, and I lived in Istanbul for three years and trained there where I had an accident and injured my knee. And then from there, I uh, that kind of changed the direction of my life. I went back to Australia, um, came back to Turkey again, went back to Australia, and I, I, I got into the path of uh, I guess the teaching for me was how to take care of myself. I was pushing all my limits and you know pushing all my my body, and uh, and trying to make up for lost time. Discovering I was a dancer later on in life, I guess, and so and so that was quite a humbling experience. I was in rehabilitation for two years. I refused an operation. I got acupuncture. I experimented with all kinds of alternative medicine and and uh, and got into movement. And um, I became a Pilates instructor. I don't know if you've heard of Pilates. It's a movement system based. It's a postural um, training. And so then I got into rehabilitation kind of working with rehabilitation and movement and but it's a holistic uh, it's a holistic uh, system holistic angle and uh, and that uh, that that's been a, I went back to study again to to get more information a bachelor of um, human movement which I didn't finish but I got what I wanted and then after about uh, four years intensively working in that field, I, I had um, uh, restlessness, you know, after being living overseas and having the experiences that I'd had, I had this restlessness surging and surging and, and, uh, and uh, you know, the, the existential crisis that happens every six months or something like that. And, uh, and in that, I I um, decided to uh, 
write kind of a bucket list though what I, what was most important to me in life and what I would do before I died and which was basically about people uh, go back to the countries where I'd lived and visit people who had impacted me in my life and have a coffee with them or sit down with them and and um, and you know really ask how they were and be present with them and and then go to the Sahara Desert with no technology into the deepest silence that I could and not come out until I'd worked out all my internal <laughs> uh, issues. So I'm almost there. I'll try and cut the story, try and make it shorter. But basically, on my way to the Sahara, there was a, it was the wrong time of the year. I'd run out of money. I was in Europe. And um, the mission wasn't complete. And there I was kind of, do I go back to Australia and start from zero without having kind of done what I came to do in a way? Or... Uh, uh, the daughter of a tango dancing friend had given me the, a book uh, about the Camino de Santiago, it's the pilgrimage across Spain from the Pyrenees Mountains across the other side. Uh, I wasn't even going to Spain, it wasn't even on my list. And somehow there I was in Barcelona. And um, basically, all the circumstances came together for me to do that pilgrimage. I was, uh, we were at a monastery, they, they were giving the passport credentials to do it. Someone bought me some boots. Uh, the friend I was with had a backpack, they lent it to me. And, you know, there I was on my way um, just to do half. I'll just do half and then I'll go back to Australia. At least I've done something. It's not the desert, but it's that step towards, you know, some kind of, you know, internal uh, journey. And, uh, and then on the bus ride to the middle point, I, I just had this intuition that I can't do halfway, I'm gonna do the whole thing. And 24 hours later, I was at the, on the other side of the Pyrenees Mountains, sent my phone inside my suitcase to the end point, to a storage place and started walking. And then I had a huge um, experience on that, on that way. And I never got the plane back to Australia. I lived on the pilgrimage for two years. I was in a string of events that happened there. For one, more than one of those years, I was living on the side of the road at a very simple place on a bench serving the pilgrims. And then from that point onwards, I think it was a kind of life-changing, life-changing event. And then I ended up in a meditation center when I left there. And then the last seven years, that's kind of the last seven years have just been an intense, I, I renounced everything and, um, and began to experiment with the, you know, you know, universal laws of uh, invisible universal laws of like, the more you give, uh, you know, but it has to be from the right place with the right intention and, and uh, different extremes, I should say, it was quite extreme. Um, but I definitely don't regret it because it was through that experience that, uh, um, you know, there was kind of no going back after that. And so that's brought me kind of here. I've been house sitting for the, uh, for the last four years, um, which was one of the meditation teachers that, that a couple were going away to a long course and they, I'd just come out of a, um, I'd been living six months in the center and I, I had nothing and I wasn't, you know, uh, 
I wasn't attached, you know, I had no attachments, basically material, um, nothing tying me down, which is what I want to say. And uh, so they offered to, for me to look after the house. And there I was in this situation, which has been going on for about the last four years of just house after house, but not just any house, <laughs> nice house in nature, library full of, you know, all these books and as if life was saying, no, 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 this is okay. You know, I would have huge attacks of self-doubt and like, you know, this is not, this is, I felt guilty. I felt like, how should I get this red carpet? And, you know, and, uh, and everything just kept getting provided in, in the most extraordinary way. So, um, uh, and then I had to kind of break that cycle and then somehow the door opened up to India and here I am. So that's the, as brief as I can do it. Okay. Uh, before I ask you any questions, uh, my I bow down to your life experiences because of the the beauty and the honesty of your answer. Uh, and the first question that I actually want to ask is, while you were talking almost at the fact, and I was thinking if the intro is this long, what is the question I want to ask? And uh, I should be asking deeper questions and she seems to have a very uh, weighty uh, intro. And then I said, hello, why are you so uh, uncomfortable waiting for the question to pop up? This is a wonderful life description that you're hearing. Why can't you be here? <laughs> and then suddenly mm -hmm. I was at peace. Uh, I want to bring this mm -hmm. up because very often I come across as a guy who listens very well. Uh, often mm -hmm. when it has been told to me this mm -hmm. often, I am at pains to tell them I am not like this always. Uh, just that I have to listen very carefully because I am uh, able to respond as best as I can. But today then I realize, okay, I am also impatient with asking a question or something, although I did not have the question. So uh, let's connect this to the question. Why are we impatient to be ahead of ourselves since you traveled so much? Uh, and you've had experiences, you kept calling it life-changing experiences, I thought, but this is life. It keeps changing all the time for you because they are all, oh, of course, they're all beautiful and waiting. Like you've not gone and done something which is superficial for the moment thing. You, you've given yourself time for the pilgrimage or the Sahara Desert experience or even going back to Australia. You just briefly touch it, but you keep going back to some kind of home ground, coming back, mm -hmm. going somewhere else. So why this innate need as human beings to think of the future and try and be secure of sorts? Like in my case, this would be that, oh, I've asked a very relevant question. Now I'm getting an answer. But why does the question have to be there? The description was uh, ex explicit and explanatory enough. Like you were discovering, like I thought, my one of the funny questions that popped up was, how old are you? It seems like a hundred years, so many experiences. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I well should I say my age yes I just turned 41 in June so oh, wonderful uh, well, it's a well-lived life uh, so why why are we so desperate about being secure what do you want to say about that I think it's a uh, that I think it's a great question it's so loaded question um, hmm. and uh, I think most of my struggle has been, most of my struggles in these attacks of self-doubt have been because of this, um, 
this need to appear secure when 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 I get present or when I realize that all my needs are taken care of that there's no uh, that, that I'm and from my experience more and more I, I understand that it doesn't exist and that it's you know uh, that security what is that security you know like what what is that security um Mm, what is it based on you know and uh and in my case it's um because of my age because of uh you know I, i'm not married no kids uh no house no you know stable job at the moment so all of those factors are, are usually on the list of what makes somebody you know, what gives somebody security, I guess. And um, I'm at a point now where maybe it's the 40s, uh, not having ticked all those boxes in that way is, is um, slowly I'm, 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 I'm becoming more confident in the, in, in, the direction of my life, I guess it's not. Instead of feeling like a, a failure, which does come up for me sometimes on a dark day, I'll feel like I'm I'm a, I've failed. I've failed in 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 uh, in my life, basically, <laughs> you know. And then uh, and then obviously other moments where you know no way, you know I've, I have no regrets and it's you know it's colourful and and it's rich and. And uh, it couldn't be any other way if I if I trace it all back. Maybe, you know, but um, I don't know that maybe, think, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, go on. Uh, no, one of the things that uh, I found amusing was I have exactly what the boxes that you're mentioning. I don't feel secure at all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because uh, I was thinking, okay, I've arranged for the house. I landed up just finishing off my loan last year or something. Uh, felt a great deal of relief. Okay, this part is over and I'm in a good place. Uh, I have worked now. Luckily, life has been kind. I've been working from home for eight, ten years now. Uh, uh, I've had a couple of bad years. COVID and all was difficult at mm. times. It was difficult for everyone. Uh, but the needs have always been quite limited in that sense. Uh, hmm. The world was closed. There was no way to express one's needs either. <laughs> like yes. If you like traveling or if you like buying stuff, nothing was available. And uh, luckily, I'm I'm a homebody. I can I can spend months at my place and just be comfortable doing nothing. Um, so, even though I seem to have. Uh, some part of it. I also remembered one uh, religious discourse I had heard many years back uh, by somebody from our religion and he used to uh, have this lovely way of uh, reading our scriptures and explaining it to people and introspecting on them aloud. And uh, he was genuinely uh, an inspiring figure as we grew up. So one of the things that he had said uh, was the fact that what we fight for is food and sustenance. Like, 
and he he continued explaining this from a rich person's point of view as well he says mm-hmm. if you are happy if you have food for today you are happy but you are worried about tomorrow since somebody else has a job and everything they are happy because now they have a job they have a long term uh, assurance of sustenance but somebody about that who's a business person or something has much more and for years they have managed to they know that they will have food once that need is crossed you are working for generations you want your kids to have assurance of food mm-hmm. uh, their next mm-hmm. generation should have so uh, there is also a phrase in uh, in india which says that these guys can uh, eat for seven generations uh, so again it is it comes back to the fact that you have food and then he pointed out to one of the lines in our scriptures which says everyone who is born his food is arranged before uh, the birth itself so one of the things that he mentions is uh, a woman starts lactating even before the kid is born or just at mm. the kid is born so your food is already ready before you are or else mm. the siberian uh, cranes uh, the other birds who travel from there to india uh, during the harsh winters he says if they leave kids behind who do you think care takes care of them and so there is enough food one more to just feel assured without these uh, outer manifestations of it my personal understanding is you know we want the security of the known it is hmm. the unknown uh, hmm. that puts the fear in us because i exactly. want to now ask ask hmm. you a question specifically because of your experience uh mm-hmm. you said these fears still arise sometimes now mm-hmm. so many years of not having this should have trained you for the absence of this question but it doesn't seem to be so intrinsically what is missing according to you um you mean the fact that i that that doubt still arises or all of them Uh, whether you when you went to sahara you said you couldn't complete it so uh, you know uh, your plans may be perfect but sometimes they don't fall in place yeah. when you went to the pilgrimage you did something exactly opposite of what you had thought you went back to australia you never stayed back you kept coming back to either istanbul mm-hmm. you came to serve somewhere mm-hmm. then you are now in mm-hmm. india for the last four months now with this kind of insecurity that you pick up on your own knowingly so because you don't really know you have a fair idea okay i'm going here i'll be provided for but it's really an open ended kind of security now by now it's uh, yeah yeah so as a human you should be trained why the fear should still be there is just a question that i'm thinking aloud why is the fear still there or yeah, yeah. why yeah. is the fear still there? um it's not there as much to be honest uh in fact the fear i have the fear and terror i have is more of a conventional life now because it's been so long uh truthfully it's been so long um i've been surfing in a way yeah. uh and uh there is a there is a fear there is a slight fear that some in any moment i'll be forgotten you know god will forget me or 
or, or, or this will just be a dream and then suddenly I'll have to, you know, it's like a kind of, um, you know, suddenly, but I have a deal, you know, I have my own deal with, with, uh, with the universe, with God, with, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, that, you know, as soon as, as soon as I have to show up and, and uh, I plug into that conventional, you know, life, I'm, I'm prepared to do that. It's not that I'm resisting and avoiding that. I'm, I'm also prepared to do it. And I have this, I have to come to that place uh, to, you know, and then, and then a door opens and then, you know, and then I say, okay, <laughs> by grace, another chapter, another, you know, and then it's become, it has become a way of life. Um, um, but yeah, why, why, but yeah, there's always a doubt. Sometimes a doubt comes up, of course, uh, and um, because I don't really know, you know, on a day when I'm connected, maybe um, everything makes sense. Everything makes sense, and I'm exactly where I'm meant to be, and and not a piece is out of place, you know, in the you know the divine organization of things. Um, but but then there's moments and tests, I guess. Uh, but I, the, the way I feel is the more the more work I do internally and the more introspection and the more the less I know, the less idea I have uh, in a strange way, you know um, it's a it's a free fall uh, and I'm and I'm the hands go back on the steering wheel and then they come off and then the, you know the, there's you know, uh, that goes on. That still goes on. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is wonderful because I was just thinking the same thing. Uh, uh, in a way, uh, the physical manifestations of either security or insecurity for that matter mm. uh, are not as important as our mental framework uh, in any space. And uh, mm. I love the fact that you said that uh, you have made peace with the fact that even if conventional life comes knocking, you're going to open the door and you know experience <laughs> it as well. And that I think is like therein lies the key, uh, at least in my experience. Uh, mm. Very, very, very little things happen. Uh, I'm outside. I don't have my windshield or umbrella. It starts to rain. Uh, earlier, I used to play with these things. I used to. Uh, say, okay, let it not rain for three minutes by the time I reach uh, some kind of shelter, known shelter or whatever. <laughs> but uh, over a period, I realized it was playing with things that were, uh, that also affected other people. It wasn't the right way to deal with things. So while other people might have thought of <laughs> them as miracles or stuff like that, but to me, I said, no, I think it's not the right way. Yeah. I Over a period, I'm learning to accept what is as much as possible. And uh, yeah. I say, yeah, so what's wrong in getting wet? Uh, what's wrong in whatever the problem situation that we are thinking of? Uh, exactly. And, uh, I think the worst is what? Uh, you will die of a certain thing at some point of time. And then that's exactly. all right too, because that is also a given. So if we are forever thinking mm. that, okay, we are going to die at some point and uh, accept the worst of it, 
which a lot of people are in a hurry to call pessimism. Yeah. I don't think it is hmm. pessimism, it's pragmatism from what we've seen of life. I, hmm. I, I listening hmm. to your story, I was like, wow, uh, this is right out of um, a lot of Paulo Coelho books where one keeps on seeing <laughs> that he goes out on this. Uh, a lot of it I don't yeah. seem to like. Uh, sometimes now I think they are a little too uh, catering in a f- particular direction. But the idea of discomfort is very beautifully presented always. His protagonist is always mm. in the middle of uh, accepting something that he or she doesn't like. Yeah. And that is very intriguing. Yes, and I think also that nothing is as it seems. You know, um, uh, I mean, I don't, it's been many, many years since I've read a Paul Aquila book, but I, I think that some of the idea is that it, it, it's, you know, he can flip something, an appearance around and, and give it, you know, uh, uh, the salvation of the prostitute or the whatever, or the, you know, kind of flip it around and, and, um, but uh, and it's like a, a certain fatalism, I don't know. Uh, um, I think what you were saying before, I was reminded of, um, a friend of mine who's, uh, you know, he's an older guy who's been meditating many years. And, and I said, you know, so much meditation, so much practice, you know, like, what, what, so what, you know? And he said, well, and I'll never forget it. It was just a simple phrase, but he said, well, you know, the more as the years go on, you know, the funny thing is I just, you know, I feel more ordinary, you know, I just become more and more ordinary. There's no, you know. And, uh, and, uh, and that really struck me, you know, um, and, and I think, you know, as exotic and, and extreme and, and intense as my story sounds, and, and I, in a way, I feel it's been a blessing because it's been a blessing because I, because in my case, uh, I felt like I'd been pushed off a couple of cliffs and, and that really catapulted me into a deeper, uh, a deeper introspection in a way, um, which is easier. Somehow it's easier when, when you're pushed into a corner than when, 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 when you're kind of sorting through it with the, you know, with the everyday life around you, you know. So um, who knows? You know, uh, in a way, for me, I feel like it's it's almost been easier for that reason. Um, uh, and and my work now, and, and as it's happening, is this how to integrate everything. You know, how to integrate everything into into uh, into life. You know, living life. It's just and being practical. And you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a very interesting word you use here because uh, very often we use words which are far more esoteric. When we start the journey, we like to uh, describe it in extraordinary ways. Um, mm-hmm. I was—I don't know if I was talking to somebody or this phrase came to me was that the sacred is actually ordinary. Uh, we mm-hmm. like to place it on a pedestal place it on a pedestal and say, okay, no, this is sacred and we'll bow down and uh, revere it so much that it becomes away from us. 
the idea of god for example for a lot of people when i see them uh, they seem to be uh, loving an idea of god but they think it's an impractical idea that they are indulging in vis-a-vis living their mm-hmm. lives in a way that they are always living without any um, actual introspection of how they are living their lives uh, mm-hmm. in the initial part it's true for all of us uh, there is no uh, looking down on others for their experiences everybody has their own stories mm-hmm. if it may not be as dramatic as yours it's all right but i think when i think back and look at myself staying at home i've had experiences which are far more fulfilling and challenging and uh, forcing me into corners where i had to ask myself who am i uh, what do i really want mm-hmm. how do i want to go about this mm-hmm. it could be as simple as i was discussing with someone that i never wanted to be a hugely successful person uh, because i thought that would be very limiting in a way of living an ordinary life and uh, i liked my little uh, spaces of being where i could just go on the road across the road have a cup of tea or i want to be able to do that throughout my life if possible meet ordinary people who who may be lower in economic status but interesting lives happy lives uh, human mm-hmm. stories uh, i find that very very uh, the term i use is medicine for all the pain of life it is just human relationships of different kinds that seem to be uh, easing the pain of existence uh, and it is not necessarily people who we know like this conversation that is happening is so easy going that i don't even after the first time i felt in your intro that i need to ask a question i have i have no questions i just come to ease with the fact that okay there may not be a question let me just say what's coming up and let's see what's coming up uh this is is genuinely a blessing uh you you used a phrase somewhere on days when i feel connected every every piece is in place uh hmm. i think of late uh just because i have around 9 10 years on you uh, one of the things that i am realizing is even when the pieces are not in place they are in place hmm, hmm. exactly It, this 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 is a problem of perception rather than mm-hmm. uh, or or again the sense of comfort that we look for okay no this needs to be in place in a certain manner for me to be happy sometimes it's okay to be unhappy as well uh, mm-hmm. but very rightly put by you in a different manner was that you realize that you just have to show up mm. when you say you show up that means you are already knowing that it might get uncomfortable but i'm still showing up let's see what happens and then when you are going through the experience you realize it's fairly ordinary i am ordinary the situation is ordinary and there is nothing uh, special happening 